Welcome back to In the Abyss. Uh, it's episode four. F fucking unbelievably so. Um, first off, thank you to those who are listening to us. Um, anyone that's listened more than once, thank you even more. Um, we've even got listeners in the States, so those of you over there, big thanks for that. Um, usual thing, get in touch with us by email, intheabyssuk at gmail.com, or on Instagram, at MerchinTheAbyss, at Jerry Tregenza. Facebook and Twitter as well. Do a search, you'll find us. Um, and it's all sort of in association with intheabyss.co.uk merch store. Go on there and spend some money because I could do with it, really. It all helps. Um, tonight, Padre's back, unfortunately. Ant's back. Yes. <laughs> and we're also joined by um, a, uh, uh, what, how, how should we call it? A, a guitar virtuoso, I think, of... Nice. Of, West, of West London, um, laid on a bit thick. Yeah, you know, held in such such high regard. You know, we're we're absolutely honoured to have him here. Um, the Wolfman himself, Kieran Aston uh, of the Grudge. Evening and welcome to, to the Abyss. I'm very happy to be here. Right, just look, pimp your website and your like, and, your, and your guitar score. Let's get that away. Yeah, shameless shameless plug time. So yeah, um, actually, you know right. what, Wolfman, you do it. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, so it's the K and M uh, Music School dot com. Um, yeah, look, uh, to come for any lessons and yeah, the Grudge. Uh, we're on the Facebook as the Grudge UK, and also we've got a gig if you're in the London area at the Dev on the Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth, yeah. Of May. Yeah, it's a free gig, so come down. It's always Plug good. It it's always good at the Dev anyway, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, we'll hopefully be that. Um, Padre, you should really fly in from Italy just for that. But I don't know if, he, if he's adequately plugged this. <laughs> I'm not feeling connected with the Wolfman, the band, or the, the guitar playing. I think he needs to keep plugging away at this. <laughs> I don't think he wants to plug anymore. I th I, I've got it out of the way, haven't I? <laughs> you can put, you can... Seriously, oh, though, seriously, though, everyone should check out The Grudge anyway because, you know, I keep harping on about supporting British music. Um, it's important because, you know, there is the decent scene out there. So go and fucking listen to The Grudge. If you don't, you're not well, really welcome on this podcast. If you don't know, if you don't know who The Grudge are, then why don't you just tell us, Wolfman? Who are you? What's your agenda? <laughs> <laughs> what type of music do you play? I'd say it's a mixture of uh, stoner, heavy rock, metal, just a whole mixture of stuff. Just good, with a, you know, southern sort of style. Uh, well, I've yeah, I've been in the band now for about a year and a half now, but they've been going for for quite a while now. That um, we released a Grand Caravan single on Valentine's Day, uh, so that's on iTunes to so check that out. And yeah, we just we just we just come and melt faces. Take nice. names and do all that shit. <laughs> nice. All right. That was a be that was a better plug. That was that, that, that was a better plug. Yeah, that was definitely a better plug. All right, let's let's crack straight on then. Padre, what have you been listening to this week? Revocation. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Um, it's an album called the band's too. The band's called Revocation. Yeah. Mm. And um, I only found them out this morning on the train coming back home because I've been on holiday this week. It, the um, side note from that, actually, the guitar, that movie Metal Lords on Netflix. Yeah. There's a Jackson, there's a Jackson guitar he uses, and that's actually um, the guitar player from Revocation's signature model. 
Oh, God. It's going to be a long podcast episode. <laughs> I, I, I'm I off. I'll leave you to it. So, obviously, <laughs> I heard I heard Existence is Futile. Um, quite like that. I thought the song Deathonomics was pretty cool. And then I've been listening to the uh, the late earlier, no, the, the more recent album, The Outer Ones. So that was pretty cool, I thought. So, yeah, just that, really. And I, I went back and listened to some uh, Maiden this week as of... Uh, the podcast last week when we were discussing Maiden, so uh, that's really it. And I've, but I've been on holiday, so I haven't really been uh, listening to much. Although I did, I mean, I went on, went on holiday to uh, Syracuse in Sicily, which is the first place I lived when I moved abroad um, years ago, and uh, saw a uh, just an absolutely amazing uh, poopy performance, which is the Sicilian marionettes. They're huge, and they were like wear armor, and they do sword fights with them and everything. So like you know, saw like a forty-five minute performance about um, a Sicilian myth about a knight called Orlando who is one of Charlemagne's knights, and he goes to this bridge and he has to fight a cyclops, and he's looking for this woman called Angelica, and you know he, he takes like a poison drink from a witch, he puts him in hell, and he fights Lucifer. Da, da, da. But it's really cool. Um, so yeah, sounds like a concept for a power metal album. Yeah, it. it I was actually thinking that I was like, someone, you know, don't. <laughs> There are certain, you know, bands that you shouldn't tell about this because they'll just get ideas and then they'll probably have, like, the actual marionettes performing behind them when they're playing live. So that'd be quite funny. It was like, remember, we saw that uh, Amanda Martha Wacken and it was like Amanda Martha plus full Viking show and they had all these wizard fights on... Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, Amanda Martha, they've just gone... They've just gone sort of crazy with that kind of thing now there's fucking viking longships on the stage and, and all sorts of shit so you know but is that that's it did you go back and have a listen to power trip um no i didn't actually i need to do that shame on yeah. you and I, didn't have, you? I didn't have very good internet connection in um in the hotel so i think it wasn't and i did a lot and I, I kind of it's the first time i've been away for a while so i'm trying to get the most of it by being outside so Ah, there you are. And what have you been listening to? Um, Black Sabbath. Um, Who? On, on, yeah, I know. There's a bunch of lads from the Midlands. Never catch on. No. Um, mainly, mainly the Sabotage and Technical Ecstasy uh, albums, because I haven't listened to them enough. Um, so, yeah, give those a bit more of a bash from the previous classics. Uh, a bit of Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Um and the new ghost album which is uh it's it's not it's not as immediate as prequel um but it's good fun i think it'd be a grower um proper proper 80s stuff on there real real 80s choruses so i'm in my element yeah it, it, it is very 80s is that you saw like your first listen of it uh no i've uh, been listening to it here and there since it came out but uh yeah just dipping in and out it is a bit of a grower but i think when it does grow it's it's really good i think there's one sort of dodgy track on it but other than that it's um i really enjoyed it oh pennies <laughs> 20 20 yeah 20 20 it doesn't yeah, really fit 20. with the rest of the album but it's no it's, it's a not it's a weird one isn't it i mean i like it but yeah. it's you know for me that's more it's more like a b-side yeah yeah it's just i was yeah but I, I think when that was the one that just before the full album came out and i was i was a bit on the fence about that but then my favourite, I think, track from that album is track two. I'm not, is it Lyserium or something? 
but it's got a great little high high pitched scream like sort of um, an intro. It's great. No, I think I think it's a quality album. After a few listens, it's um, you know it's decent. It's it's, it's a good car listen as well. Um, yeah, Wolfman, what are you bring to the table, and you, you know what you're not allowed to talk about, don't you? Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. No, so. just, no, listen. Sorry. Talk away. So <laughs> mention what you want. If you get any problems off Trigenza, yeah. I can I can deal with that. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, so I've listened to a, well, it's a Sp- it's a Spanish thrash band uh, <laughs> called Chris. Uh, Cr- I'm pronouncing this right. Chris X. Chris X. Chris X. Is it? Chris X. That's it. Chris X. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was watching Banger TV and it was they'd done a review and I was like, I'll give it a go. It's great, like fun thrash, with a bit. Of, you know, uh, I think some part of it's actually sung in Spanish as well. But it's, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I checked out that. Um, uh, Vola, the one that's supported Devon Townsend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. That's was, was cool. Um, and, oh, yeah, the Kirk Hammer EP, well, the song from the Portals EP. Listen uh, to that. High Plains Drifter. And I think... What's that like? I like it. I thought it's, you might. It's like a spaghetti western. It's a bit... It's yeah. Ecstasy of Gold's sort of vein to it. It's like, it's very, like, classical and, yeah, like, Sort of in the same vein as Exodus of Gold, and then at the end there's like a wailing guitar solo. But it's like yeah. the, the composition and everything's like really, really strong, and it's really good. I was actually, I was very surprised. So there is a riff near the end that you know just rips off to Tame a Land by Iron Maiden. Oh. So I, um, I had a listener and thought he was a little bit self-indulgent to be honest, but then I, I don't know why I'm surprised at that. <laughs> this goes back. This goes back to my my point in the original podcast episode. When you've got that much money and that much success, it, it is an indulgence to do a solo album because yeah. you wouldn't necessarily be able to do it when you're you know first starting out. Now, if he had moved in with a, with a house full of strippers, right, <laughs> he, he would have been able to come up with a better album. You know, live rough, and they don't have to be female strippers. They could be male strippers. They could be both. You know, I mean, or uh, or even you know strippers of a different gender i'm not you know i'm not discriminating i'm just saying i think you know a lot of us would our, our professional lives would be improved if we were able to live with people who took their clothes off for a living <laughs> all right uh, okay yeah enough strippers um has anybody heard of a band called svalbard no yeah they're uh, swedish oh, no they're not they're, they're from bristol oh <laughs> right um, <laughs> they're, yeah they're, they're named they're named after a um uh, an archipelago, aren't they, north of Norway? So that's why I think I, I assumed they were Scandinavian as well, but they're, they're not. Apparently, they're from Bristol. But I listened to them for the first time today, and I, I'm, I'm kind of a bit blown away by it. They're sort of referred yeah. to as post-metal, whatever the fuck that means. Oh, for pity's sake! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But they, I was they, mugwai and stuff like that. Yeah, thought. yeah, but they don't really sound anything like that to me. It's, it's a bit like sort of sort of latter-day enslaved and kind of atmospheric black metal type thing with um, i suppose a little bit of hardcore thrown in but i was yeah i was, I was really impressed by it so i have to listen to some more definitely worth know, a listen you know like there's a there's a council in france that decides on new words in the french language okay so that they don't like english words in french they prefer to translate them or come up with new words there should be a metal council somewhere that, like that can like kibosh or veto any like, no you can't say post metal it doesn't mean anything 
we need to have a conference. We need to, if you want to, and you have to like, <laughs> apply, you have to, you have to do the paperwork and pay the fee to come up with uh, a new subgenre. And it has to be like assessed by like four or five independent experts and, uh, then, uh, and then like, you know, go out to an open vote where members of the council can vote on it. And we, and then they, you know, it can become an actual subgenre. Like, I don't, what the hell does post metal mean? Post what? Po- like, it's, I'm sorry. It's yeah. It's, I've, always, I've always had, I've always had a real issue with it yeah. because metal's still here. How can we post something that's still here and is never going to go away? Stupid. <laughs> It just sounds pretentious, doesn't it? It's just yeah. like it's like it's like going to beggars. Well, I should yeah, I shouldn't mention that that that, that record shop in Kingston upon Thames. <laughs> uh, oh, is, is there a story that you haven't told us? Well, no, no. They just a bit. It's just that they, they were well. Just that the music got up very up up your own arse. If you, I, I don't probably um, Padre doesn't know this, but to go to go in that shop and actually try and find something is a mission in itself. It's like a treasure hunt. You got to find out what genre it is and what, and if it's post this, post that. It was just oh, it's a nightmare. I've I haven't actually been there, been there for oh god, twenty odd years. It's not still, still, is it still there? Still there. Yeah, but then again, it's like that is that is basically what we were talking about in episode two with the elitism thing. So what the owner has the owner's decided what genre these are. He's probably come up with some genres that none of us have ever heard of, even though most of us are quite au fait with. The um, you know, with the with the the metal yeah. world, and mm. like you know, and unless you have the knowledge that's inside his inside his head, mm. he's not going to let allow you access to. He, they can then use that to go, oh, you know, you obviously don't know, you don't, you're not as metal as I am because you, you've never heard of this genre. Yeah. No, and it's just like whatever. Yeah, it's. I mean, the thing was, well, it was either it was either genre, record label. Um, there was, it was, it was very, the the way they arranged. I don't know if they, it's the same now, but the way they used to arrange stuff was just very confusing. I, I just, I sort of gave up after. I was, I was like, it shouldn't be this hard to find the fucking record I need or want. I just get frustrated and just walk, <laughs> just walk out. Why can't you just have a system, right? And if you own a record shop, where you have that side of the shop where's where's this band yeah it's over there in the good mm. stuff and where's that band oh, they're, they're in the shit stuff all your great uh, i made and all that kind of stuff it's in the good stuff section whereas anything new metal is in the shit, shit section <laughs> along with the dream theater what no sugar. no uh, no <laughs> pound in the jar come on yeah <laughs> Yeah, they do a lot of uh, promotional stuff for the local venues. Mm. Uh, you can get a lot of gig tickets through them. So, uh, yeah, they're still thriving as a business. But, um, yeah, never really bought anything from them, I think, outside of mail order. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been in there since uni days. So the less said about that, the better, really. Mm. Um, all right, okay. So I'm What have you been listening to, Steve? What have mm. I been listening to? Well, yeah, like I said. Swalbard. Um, Swalbard, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's um there's a sort of like a black metal side project offshoot with that as well called Noctil, which is really good. I listened to both this morning and and loving it. Still listening to Devon Townsend because last Saturday night was was amazing. And like I said earlier, more metal bands need to play the Albert Hall um, <clears throat> because walking up to the Albert Hall and seeing loads of greasy metalers standing outside, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the way it should be. But um, yeah, um, unto others. Has anybody listened to them? No, no. I- and they're definitely up your street. I, they, their album, the last album that's just come out, Strength, I think it's called, was one of my top ten last year. 
It's really good. It got a little bit of um, bit of a typo kind of vibe to it. Okay. Um, but a bit more eighties. So it's oh. it's definitely up your street. Have a listen. Okay, I'll try this. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Anyway, um, the uh, the sort of the week in metal as it is again. This is not really a lot happening because it's been know, a week. It's been yeah. a week, but not a lot has happened in a week. Um, Dave Allison's got a new band called The Lucid, which I've listened to. Has anybody else listened to it? Yes. I've taken notes. I've got notes. <laughs> oh, God, he's got notes. That's, that's yeah, pretty much where I I'll be, I'll be honest. I can't remember the last time I watched a video um, where I was so engrossed by the awfulness of the video that I, I ended up just ignoring the music, although I think, you know, the music was quite, you know, if, if metal was, you know, based on household appliances, this would be air conditioner. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest, I have to say, it is... I was getting really, really concerning vibes from a singer who's clearly worked in an office for 30 plus years and is doing one last throw of the dice to try and be a rock star. And considering, you know, Ellison's recent transgressions with trying to live a, a more youthful life yes. than he has, I'm, I'm a little bit uncomfortable by it all. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm never going to listen to it again. Quite <laughs> really, if you think about it. If you think about when you when you think about all the people that over the years Mustaine has fired from Mechadeth, Ellison probably deserved it more than any of them. It's like, what were you thinking? Like, you know, I mean, all Chris Poland and Gar Samuelson did was like hawk the gear and sell it for heroin. <laughs> they didn't go around molesting anyone. And Chris Poland is a much better musician than David Ellison. You know, it's just like, what, what was the other one? What was it? Jeff Young had a crush on Mustaine's girlfriend. Mick Menzer was uh, a bit a bit wasted one day. He wouldn't take a piss test. Marty Friedman, he left and went to Japan. And for, for whatever reason. You know, um, well, he's. Well, I mean, look, he's a he's a, he's a very famous like TV presenter. Like he's got a, like a massive career over there now. He epitomises the term mm. "big in Japan," doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, you know, that's what he did. He's living a dream. So, um, but I think some of that we might have to edit out. I think he's probably, he's probably teaching English out there as well. Yeah, and what kind I mean, of idiot would do that? He's fluent. I mean, he's fluent in Japanese, and he's like he does like cooking shows and like all sorts of stuff. <laughs> There's like, is there supposedly a documentary being made all about him, like his sort of career over in Japan? But he's he's still an amazing guitar player, but just yeah, and he does a lot. Yeah, does a lot of is it the Japanese? He works with a lot of Japanese pop pop artists. All right, less said about yeah. that. The better. Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> sorry, let's bring it back. So we what? Yeah, that's, um, that, that yeah. lucid dream or lucid whatever. Yeah, just I, I agree with Anthony. Just uh, vocals were just. It was just. It was just. It was a little bit. It was a little bit Alison Chainsy. You know, triads, and just yeah, vocals were just flat. Just yeah. What's a chihuahua about? Just sort of you know, you know, stroking the chihuahua, sort of chilling out in the in the room. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's metal, lads. Great. I think um, forgettable is probably about as complimentary as you can get. On a better note, though, the new Def Leppard track, Take What You Want. I really like that. It's all right. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I was not I was surprised that was Joe Elliott because it just didn't sound like him at first. Usually some of these vocalists sound like older versions of themselves, but he actually sounded different a lot of that track. Well, I'm sure he's had some um, <clears throat> digital assistance. But, um, but I, no, the, the two songs that have been 
that have been sort of released so far than the new album, I think, are, are both really good. Quite surprised. Yeah, I thought the intro was quite different to what they normally do. It's quite, yeah. I wouldn't say Beatlesque, but it was just like had that sort of like sound, like sort of a old sixty style to it, and then it sort of kicks in with the sort of it's a flapping sort of chorus and bridge and stuff. It was, it was enjoyable. Got a bit of a T Rex kind of feel to it all, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a he's a like, Joe but it's like a massive moot, is it Mot the Hoople or Moot the Hoople? Yeah, he's, he's well into all of that, isn't he? So, so it, it had that sort of thing to it. I, I felt. A yeah, bit. it kind of stands to reason. Padre, yeah. do you listen to it? All right. Um, Bruce Dixon's got a new solo album, or will have. Has gone back to doing that, which I think is is damn good news because I love his solo stuff. I'm not sure if anybody else is a fan, but. I think, other than the Skunk Works album, which wasn't great, but the rest of his solo stuff is really good. I'd, lo- I'd love to see him live do his solo songs. No one else? Well, I mean, last thing I heard of his was Tears of a Dragon, I think it was. was it Bulls, the, is it the Bulls to Picasso album? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Tyr- yeah Tyranny of bit. Souls was his last one, wasn't it? Uh, it was called, I think. He did one after Chemical Wedding, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it was called Tyranny of Souls, yeah. But, but yeah. 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 yeah, I haven't listened to anything since Chemical. But um, but I'm looking forward to that anyway, whether you are or not. So, Download Festival apparently have already booked their 2023 headliners, even though 2022 hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're going to come back to this on a later podcast, I think, regarding like the, the you know the, the big dogs of of rock and metal and what happens when they hang their hang their boots up, but um, which I won't be licking. Festivals like Download, they're going to start running out of headliners. They can only have Avenged Sevenfold headlining a certain number of times before it gets boring. So, Has it not got boring already? Well, it probably has, to be fair. But who do you reckon it'll be next year? Download. Mm. Um, well, I don't know. It, 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 this is the thing. There's such a small pot for them to pick from these days. It'll be, I don't know, Guns N' Roses or Metallica or... Um, Tool or someone like that. Or You're pretty Aussie. Aussie. Oh, please don't. No. Aussie, Aussie oh. and Tool is probably a good shout, actually, considering touring schedules and all that kind of stuff. That's probably not a bad shout. But um, I, no, I won't be going anyway, so I don't really care that much. But we're yeah, all, what, Did that. anyone see the announcement of, of the, the new album um, being released for Aussie? Aussie's album, and, yeah. yeah. And him, him and... Well, Sharon looked like a blow-up doll. <laughs> Like, there was a lot of Botox going on there, like with the fat, he was just like, like a face that looked very to explode it. But, and he just seemed very unwell and just literally yeah. looked like he, he could fall apart at any second. So, it's like we were saying last week, he just needs to be allowed to retire now and enjoy what, what little life he has left. Because let's be honest, he's probably not going to go on much longer. Yeah, you can't honestly expect people to believe that he still enjoys doing it. I mean, like, I even if so. like the even if the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Mm, yeah, you know he's. It's, it's like like I said last week. Like, I mean, if I don't know if Wolfman was listening last week, did you oh, listen to the? You were. I think I did, yeah. Right. So like I said, he's like the Paul Gascoigne of of metal. Like we all love him. You know, he's he's he was a a, a mercurial talent, but also you kind of like really pity him because you know he's just it's like one of those bears. Dancing on a hot plate in Turkey, being prodded by Sharon. Dance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could imagine the movement of it. Literally, they would. I could imagine for the tour, they'd literally just have like a throne, and literally have him sat in it, and he would he'd just have to sing from there. I don't think he isn't looking at any fit state to be like 
running around throwing water over people and like, no. I'd maybe have a nurse come out halfway through the set and start giving them a sponge bath. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, some perverts in the crowd that would like it as well, probably. I don't, I don't need to see Ozzy Osbourne having a sponge bath. No. I don't think any of us need to see that. Um, no. the, the biggest thing, though, that's coming out this week, I mean, it's been, I, I suppose it's been talked about before, but this, um, this whole Van Halen celebration tour... Um, with Joe Satriani, uh, and I believe Jason Newstu has been approached for it as well, but has already declined it. Um, Dave Lee Roth. Who is... does Newstead think he is? Right, just... Declining a Van Halen thing. Mm. Well, he thinks he can't. He, he, I think did he say he's not. He doesn't think he can. He can um, honour the memory of like Van Halen. Some, something like that, yeah. But Dave, like Dave Lee Roth has um, has weighed in on it this week as well, and. Um, he reckons that sort of due to COVID and, and age and stuff like that, they would need two band members per sort of instrument. And he made this this proper sweeping statement that only Pink could fill in for him as front person of Van Halen. Um, I, I'll leave that with the three of you. See what I think. Pink <laughs> the singer. Yes. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I, I'm a, well. I mean. Love her or hate her, she has got an incredible voice. She's a performer, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I, th I think with, I, I don't know if he's implying like he she he's got the same range as her, or like he's he's as good as Pink, or he's all thinking outside the box. I don't know. I can't speculate, but maybe she's going to yeah. come on stage wearing a suit made of like male groupies underpants Maybe. like he used to wear yeah oh you know but the, the thing is from a from a diehard van halen mm. fans point of view which i'm not but can you imagine those fans accepting pink singing for van halen no <laughs> flower no no yeah i mean it's the whole and I mean, that, that nobody's approached Sammy Hagar either, which is, I think that a lot of people have been talking about as well. Van Halen, not uh, Van Hagar. Yeah, well, yeah. Sammy Hagar can just go under whatever rock <laughs> he's currently living <laughs> under and stay there. He's probably drinking tequila somewhere in Mexico, counting his money. Sorry, I've got another, uh, but uh, he's, I, I, I was, I, to be honest, I, I, I was in, inducted sort of to Van Halen via the live right here right now so Hagar is my primary I know I I get I get my Roth I mean you know David Lee Roth and that but I I do like I do like Hagar I know it's a it's an unfashionable thing to say but I'm saying it um also the choices of the guitar player just because I'm a guitar player I'm not going to harp on about it Satchani I was a little bit on the fence about just going to say Dweezil Zappa and Steve Vai should be sort of met should be a consideration that's all I'm saying. That's it. Otherwise, I'll go all night. <laughs> Anybody else got any opinions on that? <laughs> That's just a money spinner, isn't it, really? Um, that's the idea. They don't need money, though, surely. Exactly. I just... You know, if you want to join other bands and do other things, that's that's great, but it's... I think nostalgia's one thing, and it's, it's great, especially for those of us who haven't seen bands that were around years ago and didn't think we'd ever get the chance um but van halen without eddie van halen 
doesn't matter what the, the context is, if it's, they call it a celebration or a tribute or whatever, but Van Halen without Eddie Van Halen doesn't work. Can't happen. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go and see Van Halen it's for the people, first time. It, it's people riding coattails. Yeah. Yeah. And and like and I think this I mean this comes back to my earlier comment about a metal council. <laughs> Who gave these people permission? <laughs> To go, like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, you have like UNESCO and they, they, they protect sites of historical, natural, be- uh, you know, historical importance around the world. There needs to be like some kind of, you know, rating system for like metal bands to protect the fans, for, you know, to stop this from happening, you know, because it's just a cash in. Mm. It's, it's a money grab, it's like Anthony said. So, like, you know, they have to submit an application to the Metal Council, and they'll be like, no, fuck off. <laughs> You're not... Van Halen's dead. Sammy Hagar's in Mexico. Davey <laughs> Roth doesn't want any part of it. So, unless you're just going to have a bass player and a drum kit, no. <laughs> just... It's like, can you imagine if someone tried to do it with the Beatles? Mm. You know, or, like, have you ever heard of those Elvis concerts where they have a, they have Elvis's backing band, actual backing band, but they just have a hologram of Elvis on stage? Mm. Yeah, the whole hologram like, thing's like, quite common. If you're going to do it, just do that. I'd rather I'd rather go and see a hologram of Eddie Van Halen rather, rather than Joe Satriani or Steve I- I've got nothing against his guitar players, but come right. on. It's like... Yeah. It's, he's a, yeah, he's got his own new... I was. This is the, this, the thing with Van Halen as well. He's, he's a very nuanced player. He's got his own look, style. I mean, the other one, the other guitar player I didn't mention that could do it possibly is Phil X, who's um, Bon Jovi's current guitar player. Yeah, he's got the same sort of like, and he's he's actually done covers. But I, I yeah, but isn't yeah, that but again? That's like mm. another like list of musicians who are just trying to tap into mm. Van Halen's legacy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> why why has nobody mentioned Gary Sharon in all this? Because <laughs> he's back with Extreme, yeah. And we saw him, you know, five six years ago, and they were fucking brilliant. They they you were know? they were that was brilliant, amazing. Actually, yeah. they really were. Yeah, surprisingly no. so. He doesn't need Van Halen. Bear yeah, with me a second. It? I'm pouring a beer because. And apparently Van Halen was shit when he was in them as well. So yeah, I've seen the YouTube footage. It's not pretty. It's really. It, he's just like, and his voice doesn't match. This, yeah, it's just not good. No, but going back to Extreme, I, I was um, surprised at how good they were, to be honest with you. when they first, I think when they first came on stage, it wasn't great, but then kicked straight into Get the Funk Out, and, and from there on in, yeah, they were um, they were really good. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a bit like, um, in terms of vocals, like the whole Def Leppard, you know, like they can, they can harmonise, like their vocals just sound yeah. spot on live. It's so good. And Nuno Betancourt's hair is so pretty. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> I mean, he's what he's fifty. He's in his fifties, and he looks play well. He looks, you know, he looks he looks younger than his years. Like a teenage yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that that's that's you know that's been about it for this week. So <laughs> one one week we'll come in here and it'll be like massive news. Something yeah. new just happened, yeah. but. Oh. I think I've, the, uh, I did see an announcement was it yesterday or day before Ghost is playing health or headlining one of the dates at Hellfest. Yeah, I saw that. That that yeah. festival makes me sick. We're not talking about Hellfest. Oh, we're not. Okay, yeah, that seems ridiculous now. It's like a is 
someone explains to me what is half of it live, half of it online or something. No, or... no, it's, it's it's all live, isn't it? But it's it's spread over two weekends. So if you had a ticket for Hellfest in 2020, you automatically yeah. get you automatically get a spot on the the first weekend, and then this year's right. Hellfest is the second weekend. So it's over seven right. days across two weekends. Wow. And the lineup is just yeah. like nothing I've ever seen. It's it's crazy. My, my mm. the, when I saw the, the 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 poster, and I think it's good that the organisers are honouring the tickets that they sold in twenty twenty. But this is in France, yeah. 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 Was was Waterloo for nothing? Oh, for God's <laughs> sake! Like what 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 has France ever contributed to the world of metal in order to deserve a set list like that? Uh, a, a billing like that it's, you know it's the same every year though with hellfest yeah. I, I don't i don't know if i'm right I, I, this may just have been hearsay but i'm sure that the festival has some kind of government subsidy or something like that which helps them fund yeah. you know <sighs> the, the french and their bloody subsidies <laughs> seriously what what is it, is it like, they just like they phone up like maiden and like guns and roses and go listen if you come and play here we're going to get you some really good cheese <laughs> <laughs> And I would come. Actual Rose is like, no, I bring the cheese. No, we, it, it's politics of envy. We're just jealous that we don't have it here. So, oh, Dave, it's not, no. nothing to do with envy. It nothing. is. It absolutely is. It's not envy. It is envy. Even though, it, even though it's only a, a, a short swim across the channel, it really wouldn't be that big an effort. But it's France. It's France. Yeah. Is it straight that the, the Hellfest? It sort of, I remember when it first started, it was like a gen sort of like death metal sort of festival. Yeah. Then it, so it's like accelerated to like, like one of the biggest in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> With not one shit band on the bill. Nowhere. <laughs> it's not like us over in England. Where it's like, oh, it's that dodgy lot over there. So we might just catch a song on theirs and just run over to, you know. I mean, you know. I, 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 I would, I would hazard a guess. I would hazard a guess. Sorry that if you went to a, a music festival in France, you wouldn't be forced to eat the same shit chow mein noodle dish that you ate every day. <laughs> Which Oz Fest was it? Or Download? Download. Um, oh. and, and you were still <laughs> shitting them out three days later. Yeah. 2005? Was it 2005? Trigenza, Trigenza phoned me up on like the Wednesday. He's like, he's still going. He's still okay. He's trying to flush them out of the system. <laughs> every time I go in the bathroom, there's like chow mein in the bottom of the bowl floating around. Oh, oh. oh we were right as well, mate. We, we, told, we told you. Mix it up. Don't keep eating the same noodles. I was afraid I'd get food poisoning anywhere else. I do believe that was 2003, was it? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. like you did together, so yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was it. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you just imagine it like, um, you're going right, going around like the, f the food area at a French festival. Yeah. You're just getting a, a nice plate, crackers, you know, mm. <laughs> cranberries to bring up the flavour of the brie. Mm. You know, nice, a nice, a nice Bordeaux. You're like, no, let it breathe. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. all very, all very civilised. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway. Um, so this week's main feature, um, we're going sort of total route one, kind of crazy gang style in the nineties. Um, top five album openers of all time. So opening tracks, intros, 
it's been done a million times, but you know what? Has it? it? Has yeah. it really? It, it has. It probably has. It probably has. And we're doing it now because it's our fucking podcast. Yeah, it's our podcast, yeah. and we'll do what we want. So he told you you could swear. Me. Yeah, exactly that. So you can't swear unless you get a webcam. Actually, that's 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 not a bad shout. Right, it's on its way, but I don't. I'm still. I don't think you're ready for my face. I'll take your face. Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, top five album openers. Um. How should we do this? I think. I think Padre. Um. Give us your number five. Well, I haven't done like five best of all time. I've done my five favourites, but yeah, that's that's what it is. That's, you know. Yeah, but like my because my 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 taste is so refined. <laughs> my list could be, con- you know, considered to be like almost a stamp of approval, and much more than any of you. Um, I don't know. I don't think I've done them in in a kind of numerical order either. I just, I mean, I, I was thinking about, is it? Are you are you judging the intro song on the basis of the quality of the song, or are you looking at it in a from a larger perspective, way it's the the piece of work as a whole, as the, you know the the album as a whole. How does the intro song set the tone for the whole album? How does it bring people into it? How does it um, relate to the, all the other songs? What's your um, five favorite openers? You basically, yeah, I think you're overthinking it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I thought, um, I mean, an obvious one, but "Hello Waits" by Slayer. Um, yeah. Also the version on the Decade of Aggression live album, because I think that is a fantastic song to have on a live album as the first track, because you've got the build-up, you know, with that, that voice in the background saying Synod, Synod, boom, then the, the, the guitars kick in. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but um, intro by Sepultura on the Morbid Visions and then the Under Siege in Barcelona live album. It's not, it's uh, instrumental, it's only three minutes long. I think that's that's fantastic. Because again, I think if you play it live, it grabs the crowd, mm. and then it goes straight into a rise, which is a really smooth. Um, uh, can't think, think think of the word now. Uh, transformation. The English the English teacher can't think of the word. Shocking. I know, I know, I know. Um, number one, no, not number one, but uh, into the lungs of hell by Megadeth. Um, I think I think that's an interesting one because it's an it's an instrumental. Yeah, but the other one I thought of as well. I mean, I couldn't really decide between the two, but um, in terms of Megadeth, I, thought, I really like Last Rites, Love to Death, or Killing Is My Business. And I was thinking that's a really good album intro because you've got the Last Rites bit. You have the excerpt from J.S. Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor going into the guitar solo, and then you've got boom. Love to Death, which is just, it's a visceral guitar riff. It's, it's aggressive. But think about this. That's the first track with the intro on the first Megadeth album. And it's almost, it's Mustaine. It's it's a statement of intent. He's like, you think Metallica are, are thrash and fast? Check this shit out. And he's, I mean, obviously he's on all the uh, metamphetamine. So he's probably, his mind's racing at a million miles a minute. But that's a statement of intent. And I think as well, this goes back to what I said earlier. Some of these intros, they're statements of intent. They grab you and they bring you in straight away. 
And then... Um, for I mean, the that's same... going to sound great at the Albert Hall, isn't it? Yeah. For the same reason, number f- um, I said Hit the Lights by Metallica. First track on the debut album, one of the first thrash songs ever written. Boom, there you go. This is what we're all about. And then I thought... And then, again, for the same reason, slightly much going off on a different tangent, is uh, Blind by Korn. Okay. Because, again, oh, it's one of the first songs on one of the first substantive new metal new metal albums. And again, it's I think it, it not just sets the tone for the album, it sets the tone for the band. Probably sets you know? the tone for an entire subgenre of yeah, music. Yeah, definitely. And then I've got, you know, obviously there's a few... Uh, two or three honourable mentions. Um, Refuse Resist by Sepultura on KSAD. Yeah. Just the, the heartbeat, the drums, the riff. And again, I because I mean, I, I, I'm a really big fan of the, the Sepultura intros. I think Beneath the Remains is another really good album intro. And you've got that kind of clean intro and then it's explosive guitar part. And then I, I'm sure we can come back to this, but live intros. Live After Death, you've got the Iron Maiden Churchill speech. Then there's also the one we all know really well, Metallica used the Ecstasy of Gold. I remember, I think Biohazard, did you ever see them when they were using their their live intro, when they were taking quotes from like various movies and there was like, you know, the Imperial March from Star Wars and... I've seen was... Biohazard a couple of times, but I've got to be honest, I don't remember... I mean, I saw them do that. Oh, this was back in 2000 when they was Raging Speedhorn was supporting them at like the the Fleece in Firkin in Bristol. Um, I can't think of any others off the top of my head in terms of like live intros. Let's circle back around to what you said about Dave Mustaine though, and and that first song and and the intro and saying that he he's sort of laying down that statement of intent and this is what I can do and it's it's better than what they can do. Dave Mustaine based the entire sort of maybe first 10 years of his career on that sentiment alone, it never yeah. changed because it was, it was always about Metallica, wasn't it? Well, revenge is a powerful motivator. I mean, I, and I, you know, I, I, I see that a lot in my job. You know, there are times when you're, you'll tell, tell, tell someone, nah, you're not going to pass that. You're not going to pass that exam. You need to work a bit harder and they'll come back, you know, having passed it just to rub your face in it. And then you say, well, that's why, that's why I said it to you, it's reverse psychology. But I mean, that's, you know, the mistake thing's not reverse psychology. That was a deep-seated, you know, resentment. Um, yeah, and like I said, he, 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 that was that was the catalyst for Megadeth's career, really. If it wasn't for that, they may not have been the band they became. I, I, I don't know, that might be wrong, but, you know, it seemed to sort of drive him forward. But we'll come back to the live intro thing in a minute because... You know, in the live setting, that's um, it takes on a whole new, you know, a whole new life. Um, Wolfman. Oh, I've, I've got some pretty obvious ones. <laughs> right. So first off, uh, these are no particular order. Um, battery, uh, Metallica. Yeah. That's standard. Um, uh, Blackest Eyes by Porcupine Tree uh, for the uh, album In Abstentia. That's that's an amazing. Track. What? What? <laughs> <Who>? <laughs> um, uh, great summon Tranquil Pantera. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that that's a got... bit. That's a bit of a swerve ball. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I thought oh, is it, 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 
with every album it got they got heavier and heavier and heavier and that was the first one it was literally like i mean it pretty much that first scream just tells you exactly what you're gonna get from the from the start to the end um albums there's so much more love than it ever gets yeah it is a great album um davidian uh on both machine by uh Wise. yeah and then um i'm gonna i've got one <laughs> Take cover, take cover, it's coming. Can the veto be lifted for two seconds? Just do it, just do it. New Millennium Dream Theater. That's it, I'm off. (laughs) No, we don't need you anymore. Yeah, that's right, take your toys, go on. Throw them at the cram. Shower cunts. (laughs) I'm not inviting you on again. Okay, so listen, listen. Can I just say, Steve? I mean, uh, Dragenza, <laughs> they, they are Grammy award-winning band. <laughs> There's nothing you can say that can hurt me. Jethro Tull won Best Metal Performance at the Grammys. So, there you go. Wolfman, if you need to refer to that band, there are ways to do it without <laughs> saying the name. Mm. And I think, really, the easiest way to do it would be to translate it into another language. Oh, right, okay. So, like, so repeat after me. Okay. Teatro. Teatro de Sonia. Teatro de Sonia. Okay. okay, that's the name of that band in Italian, so just uh, use that from now on. Okay, all right, cool. Okay. You can't complain with that because, <laughs> the, you know, if, if the first part of that word is a an adjective, then in the language we're translating into, the noun comes first. So it's, you know, it's... it's... <laughs> mm. <laughs> so he's not happy. He's not, he's, he's, you're, you're never coming on this podcast again. I know. <laughs> We all knew it was going to... start adding people. He's going to start adding people to the veto list. <laughs> we all knew it was what coming. It would be really funny if we could actually get that band on this podcast. <laughs> and go, go on, go on, say it to their face. <laughs> they can come on the podcast, but they can never talk about their own band. Yeah. <laughs> they can come on and talk about a Greg Sausage Roll or a Filth Pasty. That's fine. But they're not coming on here and talking about their own band. <laughs> one day, one day, they'll be gagging to get on this podcast. They will. Although they'll probably be dead by then, to be fair. So, I actually, I'm, I, you know what? Veto aside, I'm going to just mention. I, I believe that Portnoy has been fraternising with Petrucci again. Yes. He? Yeah. So that might. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did this. He was on. Patricia's solo album, and they did a Liquid Tension. I shouldn't have mentioned uh, anything. I no, no, no. Actually, actually, just a side note, though. If you if you watch the video acceptance speech of um, Patricia accepting the award of Best Metal Performance, it looks like he, he was in the toilet, and he's right, he literally is right the way back at the end of the room. He's like he's sprinting up the fucking like, aisle. He looked like he's literally just like yeah. Someone's gone. You've won. He's like oh, legging it up the right, legging up the like the aisle. It's 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 amazing. He should have stayed in the toilet. Yeah, you know. Didn't even mic on, did he? <laughs> was I can't I can't believe we give you a voice and you bring that band to this podcast. Oh, you knew it was going to happen. Come yeah, on. we we did, oh, we did. Yeah, I think I, I think it's an unspoken thing, isn't it? I mean, I you know, well, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, Wolfman, we, we go back a long time, but the, the only um, the only sort of blot on our friendship was um, an evening with Dream Theatre at London that Astoria. Was true. Well, that wasn't my... Well, 
It was your oh, idea. Oh, okay, it was my fault. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you, like, you've got to admit some culpability in that. If you're going to take that many hours of a person's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, anyone that used to stay around, when we when we were at uni together, we'd, um, anyone that would stay around, for some reason, we'd on the, if they stayed over on the weekend, on the Sunday morning, they would have to watch Change of Seasons. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it just became a thing. <laughs> and for, for those people, if they ever happen to listen to this, please accept our sincere apologies <laughs> for uh, for putting you through that ordeal. So, yeah. yeah. Change of Seasons, what's that? Oh, it's their, uh, uh, it was their first 20 minutes song. 20, was it 26 minutes? Oh, I think it you made about. me listen to that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I thought I'd forgotten about that. That's like, that's like repressed memories coming back. <laughs> See, that, 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 just, that says it all. Um, anyway. Did, I yeah. remember that time you, you lot tried to, had the bright idea of that you were going to watch every single James Bond movie back to back over one weekend. Yeah, that never happened. I'd have given it a go. What's worse, that or watching three hours of Dream Theater? Watching three hours of Dream Theater. Relatively, what's longer? <laughs> watching three hours of Dream Theater is definitely worse. It's like having fingernails pulled out. Yeah. Yeah, see, even, even Wolfman will agree with that, and he's a fan. Then don't listen to them then, Wolfman. He can't help it. <laughs> Turn your back on them. I ha- you know, to be fair, I, ha- I haven't actually... I haven't really properly listened to them as since Portnoy left, which was 2011, I think it was. Renounced them. Yeah, I was. Yeah, they always come back and but creep in somewhere. Where did you meet Lois? Huh? Where did you meet Lois? I met Lois 2010. Yeah. Mm. Very positive influence. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Lois. <laughs> a wonderful woman. Um, and your top five. My top five. Yeah, so I've just like I say my favourites really, but there's a couple of others that could have made the list. Um, yeah, number five, Holy Wars, Omega Death. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, just yeah, it's one of the first albums I listened to when I was getting into metal and. You know, I never heard anything like it. Um, probably got my favourite piece of feedback um, during the middle of that track as it launches back into the final final bit. Yeah, just fucking blinding. Um, number four is Caught Somewhere in Time by Iron Maiden. Yes. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a phenomenal... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. How many syllables does that word hit? Phenomenal. It's, you know, the amount of, they've got a lot, lots of fantastic intro songs and a few stinkers, but um, for some reason that one just stands out. And I don't, I, I think it's because, yeah, this is where they use maybe the, you know, the slightly more Cynthia sound and all that, but it's, it, it just kind of, it, it kind of elevated um, what they were doing and that sort of turbocharged sort of bit where it sort of launches a couple of minutes later. I, I don't know, it's just an incredible, incredible opener um, for the rest of the album. And just fits with the whole vibe, that sort of slightly futuristic theme. Um, so yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with you on that. I think it's one of Maiden's best. It's open yeah. tracks. Uh, number three, hate song by The Haunted. Oof. Um, 
abs- you know, it's it's the oral equivalent of walking into your office with a sledgehammer and bludgeoning your, your entire team to death within three minutes. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, you know, and again, sets the tone for the entire album, but it's just like fucking hell. I don't think I need to listen to the rest of the album because I'm, I'm wiped out. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's off the self-titled debut if anyone wants to listen to it. I think it's it's easy to forget about the Horny because people obviously yeah. you know we talk with Sweden you go on about Out the Gates and 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 all the others but yeah the, that first Haunted album um, yeah like you say it's just it's just brutal it's savage it's 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 got everything um, and Peter Dolvin is just a mental frontman absolutely nuts yeah. um, number two is Electric Head Part One The Agony by White Zombie oh, nice. Um, this, I know none of us are real sort of big big fans of that band at all. I mean, I'm I'm not, and I'm. I am. I you know, fucking love White Zombie. Okay, I mean, I'm a dude that likes you know metal and comics, and you know you'd think I'd be much more of a fanboy, but uh, you know I, I do like them, and I do think Astro Creep is is an incredible album. Um, but there's something about that particular track, and it comes back to you know Sabbath and Priest, and there was always a comparison that you know they sounded metal because they sounded like factories of the Midlands. Um, to untrained ears but you know that that track by white zombie is you know it sounds like it's being made on actual machinery that sort of industrial background that chugging along and the use of the, the horror samples and the, the the sort of build up before it just kicks in um just like about it i just absolutely fucking love it just works for me so well um and number one is painkiller by judas priest nice it's just Seven minutes of utterly brilliant metal. Halford just think, saying, fuck it, I think I can go about two octaves higher uh, than I have. Um, Hang on a minute. Is Painkiller seven minutes long? I've got, I can't have ever noticed that. It's about seven minutes long. Is it? Shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's like, I think there's like two guitars. There's like, quite a long, yeah. a long old song. Yeah, sort of, you know, his vocals drop down back to like, you know, normal octaves. And, uh, and then it's, oh, well, we're going to do another solo. You know, another two minutes. It's yeah, I mean it's you know, it starts off at nine you know, nineties and that's that's kind of it. That's you know, that was their last you know, decent album as 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 classic priest. But um yeah, it's just it's just an album open I keep coming back to as as just probably my favourite. So it's yeah. it's a great album. It it kind of it's like ultra priest priest, isn't it? It's it's like extreme Judas Priest kind of thing, painkiller. It's it takes what they do to another level. Yeah, I think it's like I say, it's they, you know, they'd had the, they'd done what they did and then they went in one sort of 80s direction with the turbo stuff, which, you know, is good fun. Um, and then obviously, you know, a few years later, they're like, you know, that fresh stuff was quite good. Let's borrow from it and fuck me. What a way to finish classic priest era. No, it's quite, you know, I, yeah, I'm with you. I didn't actually think about painkiller, to be honest. And I never noticed that it was seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like it though, that's the thing. Yeah, my top five. Um Metallica Battery, we've talked about that already. Um is is a fairly obvious one. Um Mastodon Crusher Destroyer Crusher Destroyer on remission. Um mainly because when I first heard that album, first heard that band way back in shit, when was it? Two thousand two? Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading the review in Terrorizer magazine and thinking, oh, this this must be something special listen to it and that that um first track it's only two minutes long and it just it, that set 
like Padre was saying earlier, that sets the tone for an entire album. And Remission Stands Now is still one of my, my all-time favourite albums because it's just, at the time, it was like nothing that I'd ever heard before or nothing that anybody'd done before. And, you know, I suppose they've gone from strength to strength commercially, but not necessarily musically for me. The last one um, came close, but yeah, that song and that album are just out there on their own. Um, kind of a little bit of a cheat, really, but um, The Oath and Ye and Trans Imperium Emperor on Anthems to the Welcome at Dusk, because that the the intro track first going into in trans imperium is just that, that's kind of like overblown symphonic black metal at its best padre you introduced me to emperor and i remember when i first heard it I mean, admittedly it was it was early emperor and it was, I was just like what the fuck is this shit this is just noise but yeah when i first heard that you know they do it well number two Pantera, Cowboys from Hell, again, Route 1, isn't it? But that album, that song. And number one for me is, I know it's not strictly heavy metal, but Welcome to the Jungle, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, nah, it's metal. It, it, it is, it, it, it is, it is. It sets the tone not just for the album, for an entire career. It sets That set the tone for everything. I mean, to be on your debut album, I mean, the Appetite for Destruction is ridiculous by itself, but to start an album with that song your debut album with that song, you know, we're never going to get anything like that again now. That may be a sweeping statement, but no one's going to make that uh, same kind of impact. No, not. We, no we, we, you know, it's, it's that level of originality. I mean, it, you know, it blended everything, you know, every kind of sort of outgoing face rock of that era and just did it in such a way that was just, you know, shredded your face. It's, no, it's, it's I mean, I considered having it in my top five. Um... I think, you know, I just didn't, don't have a sort of connection with the band as much as you have. But, yeah, no, it's a phenomenal opener. Um, and I think people just forget because, obviously, people associate Guns N' Roses with, you know, Paradise City and Sweet yeah. Child of Mine and the sort of, you know, the real accessible stuff and, of course, the, the usual illusion stuff. But, I mean, Welcome to the Jungle. It's 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 fucking metal through and through. It is, it's, uh, it's raw. It's got, it's got punk. It's got, you know, glam rock and, and all the 80s stuff. It's, it's got everything. Some of the songs on that album that are like the lesser known ones like for example my michelle best opening line to a song ever your daddy works in porno now that mommy's not around she used to love the heroin but now she's underground fantastic and it's such it's it's like sung with such uh you know kind of aggression and like bitterness by Axel Rose. You know there's something going on there underneath that that's he's tapping into something. But you, you say you even say that's that's one of the, the, the lesser songs, as it were. It blows most equivalent bands out of the water and it's a lesser song on the album. You could even say the same thing about stuff like Rocket Queen and that, which is considered a lesser song, but that whole album after that destruction, for to drop that as your debut album out of nowhere. You know, they must have known. They must have known that that's it. We're taking over the world. Yeah, yeah. There's something I saw on social media, it's Twitter, not that long ago, which made me cry some, just because I, I like to buy a bit of vinyl here and there and, you, you know, seeing what people are sharing and ridiculous prices. And someone found a near mint copy of Appetite for Destruction on vinyl 
for like a tenner in a charity shop and it was the original sleeve. Oh. It's like, fuck's sake. That's not fair. You yeah. don't even like metal. <laughs> People like that make me sick. You see, yeah. this is where, you know, going back to what Wolfman was saying about that record shop, I mean, the, one of the benefits of that record shop, of a record shop like that, was if, you, if you're the owner, you can say to someone, okay, before you buy that, what's special about this? And they can't answer. No, you're not having it. Piss off. My business. Go on. Take your shit. Get out. Go and shop at HMV. Go on. That's, that's, not the, that's not the movie. Has anyone seen the movie High Sometimes Fidelity? We need some snobbery. Yeah, we do. We do. To protect standards. But, yeah, it's like I said, has, any, has anybody seen the movie adaptation of, of High Fidelity? Yeah. Uh, um, that's, yeah. That's very much like that, isn't it? A guy keeps walking into the shop to buy an album and he keeps saying, no, I'm not going to sell you this today. You're, you're, not, you're kind of not worthy of it. And it's, it is that sort of attitude, isn't it? I'd be like that. <clears throat> the thing with the mixtapes on that film, and what, what is it? The way that the way that they arrange the, uh, the records, it's not like alphabetical. It's not even by genre. It's by kind of. It's uh, autobiographical. Uh, that's, yeah, that's what we. Yeah, or, or it's like by producer. That yeah, that that that's the ultimate level of pretentious that is doing that kind of thing. I mean, the thing is, they're all assholes. That's what you realise now, is they're all terrible people. Yeah. Yeah, and then you realise that the, the the biggest asshole out of all of them was Nick Hornby. Because like, <laughs> if you actually read the book and then you go and watch Fever Pitch and you're just like, fucking Arsenal fans. That's <laughs> my favourite book of all time, Fever Pitch. It's just, you know, no book encapsulates what is great and stupid about football. Um better than that book but yeah like, yeah i love high fidelity as well obviously it's you know that's set in north london um but i think yeah i think, I think the film a british director so you know yeah he connect well but yeah it, it worked brilliantly but uh, i mean we've had what i'd like to see is we've had like the netflix tv uh netflix film the dirt based on motley crew there's got to be a film somewhere about guns and roses and the next thing as well is Where's the film <laughs> you know there's going to be a film about metallica at some I'm point we haven't had one for hammer of a gulps yet yeah, mm. that yeah that that neat. But I can imagine the way the likes of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page are, they probably wouldn't let that happen mm. because they, want... they they got up to some weird shit. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's like look what happened with um, uh, Lord of the Rings. Once Christopher Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien's son, dies, <laughs> the estate just sells the, sells the entire rights of whatever's left to Amazon, and they've come up with this the most expensive TV show ever made that's going to come out this year and I, I'm sorry, I've been following this online for years, it's going to be the biggest pile of wank ever, right? I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want to see female dwarfs with dreadlocks I'm sorry, no Isn't that normally what you watch on the internet when you're alone? I mean this, this this TV show is going to be for me what like Limp Biscuit were in '99. It's gonna, I, I, I'm gonna watch it just because I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a masochist and I like to inflict pain on myself. Yeah. But nah, it's just... is Peter Jackson still involved? No, it's that nothing to do with Peter Jackson. <laughs> it's Amazon and their little, oh, wow. you know, woke band. And I'm not anti woke or anything. I'm just like, mm. but can we? 
I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I've started now, so I may as well finish. I'll, I'll be back in ten minutes. The, the thing, the thing is, the thing that they did is they, they, they. Part of their marketing strategy was that they had groups of super fans in each country, and they interviewed them, right? And the the super fans were like, "Oh, I'm so into like Lord of the Rings," and they were asking questions, answering these questions. And after about thirty seconds, you're like, "You don't know what the hell you're talking about." It's like Metallica or Iron Maiden or Guns N' Roses doing the same thing for like a marketing strategy for one of their new albums. Or let's say they produced a film and you had so-called super fans on talking about the bands and they were like, Oh, so what's your favorite Metallica song? I really like nothing else matters because like, you know, and you just say it's the most obvious dirge that you can think of it. You obviously don't know anything about the band because it's so superficial or or about talking because it's so superficial. So I just like, I just got turned off by that basically. Yeah. I used to say, you know, like it's like it's not the Avengers. It's it's Tolkien. Can we have some respect for the material, please? <laughs> Sorry. Have you finished? That, that one's been. That, I feel like a weight has been lifted. Cool. Off, off me now because I that, that one's been, <laughs> it's been bothering me for the past two or three weeks. Well, I'm glad That's we can give you that. Me. I'm glad we can give you that catharsis. This must be like what Rob Flynn feels like every time he, he sort of produces a new album. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go write an album, and you know, choke on the ashes of your hate. You know, we left the lead machine last week. Um, let's go back to live intros then, because that's a valid point. It's not always the obvious option that the sort of bands open with, or they have, you know, intro music like Metallica. Metallica's intro is, you know, ACDC first, and then the Ecstasy of Goals. The whole thing lasts like. 10 12 minutes before they actually come on stage and then what they open with obviously they can choose from anywhere in their back catalogue but it generally always works seeing them open with blackened with bread fan with battery with all sorts of things um the 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 live intros you know it's it's important like padre said earlier it sort of it sets the tone for the rest of the for the rest of the show like going back to devon townsend last week his live intro was them kind of just like shuffling on stage and going evening and that was it and they kind of got on with it so it does work both ways but some bands do the live intro thing really well i mean that's why cowboys from hell works we're taking over this town you've got the chug yeah you know and it can go on for us it can go on for as long as they want like so far back in the day for as long as anselmo wanted to like you know down a bottle of jd and shoot up you know so I mean, and then you've got the the sort the kind of songs where did you ever did you ever read that um that kind of really long in depth piece? I think Terrorizer did it on Metallica in like two two thousand and ten. I don't know why I remember this kind of stuff. <laughs> and there was just like a, a quote in the middle of the article, and that just there were and it's like you know there were some nights when Ulrich refused to go on stage until he had had a blowjob. And if you just imagine Lars or backstage just going, no, no, I'm not going. No, come on, get someone. I need it. I need it sucked right now. Otherwise, I'm not going on stage. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere until someone pleasures me. Was you sucking that cock? No, I don't go around, you know, fellating people and licking boots. That's your job. <laughs> oh, Bruce, come here, Bruce. Oh, oh. Let me lick your boots. <laughs> um... Maiden do um, 
number of the beast generally, don't they? The start of of, uh, of an encore. Another good one. Another you know, good that, one. that works really well. It works in the context of the album and it works live. You know, it, it's predictable, but it, it does work. It's route one. I'll be completely honest. I'm a complete loss. I'm trying to, trying to think of a lot of the live intros of bands. I can't think of any. Other than one. <laughs> live albums, really. So, yeah. I struggle. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the band I'm thinking of would start with Rooster by Alice in Chains and it would go into the theme tune of um, Clockwork Orange and then start their musical masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Would you would you use Rooster as an intro though, just to bring everybody down to a level of misery that maybe so that's so that the, they know yeah. what to expect or what's coming for the next four and a half hours? They don't need to use that song really, do they? <laughs> yeah, My, but it's like I mean, actually, both, thinking about it, both of those songs, yeah, they're quite like yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of they're quite tense and they're quite you know. Whereas I suppose the, the cinema, well, with the. Um, uh, Clockwork Orange intro, and also I think in the past they've actually done um, 2001: Space Odyssey. That oh, was that, out that, those facts, Yeah, that, that was, was um, Obviously, there's a lot of hate in the in the room. I can feel it, uh, but they would actually they would then actually go into it, actually play it, and they, I saw them do it, and it is, it is really effective, and it gets everyone going. That was that was good. Um, Wankers. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, th- thus, um, thus spoke Zarathustra by by Strauss. The, mm. the Space Odyssey thing. Yeah. Is um, that used to be Elvis's intro. Ah. Yeah. So if you listen to like um the the the, the gig Elvis did, where it was like well, I think it was the first ever concert that was broadcast by satellite to like multiple countries, which my mom has on vinyl. Mm. That was and and obviously the uh. The Strauss theme is used by the one and only Ric Flair. What an intro! Oh, yeah. Give it you one know, I mean, that that'd be great, wouldn't it? If if you saw a band that had that as the intro, yeah. instead of the band walking out, you just see Ric Flair strutting out. <laughs> actually, what my um, my cousin actually he's um he's an Elvis impersonator. He's, he goes right. under the moniker Ed Elvis. I might actually suggest to him like that should be his intro music from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Anthony, uh, carry on. I was saying it's uh, Bill Bailey as well has it, or he had oh, okay. it. Continued. And started playing it and using it in his set. See, this thing, I've always thought it'd be good to have intro music to my lessons. So, like, I've, like, come into the classroom with some kind of intro music. But I've, I've always been at a loss of, like, what to uh, what to choose. Here is a question. I think it keeps popping up. What would be your intro music if you were a wrestler? Oh. That's we, we, we were gonna, I think we were going to touch on this in another episode. In another episode, but that's a good question. That's a great question. I mean, I'm not even a wrestling fan, but you know, it's. Um, yeah. I, I think one would be Macho Man. Was it by Village People? <laughs> macho, Macho Man. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I'm surprised no. at that. I thought you would be all over this. You of all people, I no, thought I would be. All be over but this. this is the thing. It's like. I mean, obviously, it depends on, on, on the, on the character or whatever. But I mean, there's been some really good ones. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I always liked the, um, uh, 
is it Edge used the um, Alter um, Alter Bridge by Metaling uh, no Metalinglist by Alter Bridge. I thought that oh, was yeah. a really good, really good intro. It's a good song too. I remember once actually uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin actually used Bleed uh, Bleed for Me mm -hmm. by Black Label Society. But I think he, <laughs> but every time he had to cut, I think he used it once or twice. So he had to, but only way he could do do it was to literally run at the like, like sprint at the ring. But obviously, yeah, he, he he referred back to his old music after a while. He probably got a bit knackered by the time he got down to the end of end of the uh, ring. Mm. There was too much new metal in wrestling. Yeah, uh, there was there was a, one of the newer the newer wrestlers recently has oh, I think it's like Kill Switch. This is a Kill Switch song, I think. Well, I, th I can't think. That's a really stupid. Um, thing I've just said because I can't remember the guy's name now. I gotta admit, you know, mm. modern wrestling. I don't know who's who's who. Um, who is it that you on ECW used to come out to um, prong, snap your finger, snap your neck? It was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, just incredible, yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. See, now that's that's a quality intro for a wrestler. Um, and then a the, the, it was it was him and um, Lance Storm and the Impact players. Yeah, that was it. I thought, yeah, if it's ECW, I thought you would know it. I mean, the, the best one from ECW was, was was the Sandman. Guess what he came out to? Uh, nothing else matters. Yeah, no, but like, but it was the entire song, and he would go through the crowd with the beer cans, and like, the whole crowd would yeah, be like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Know, singing it. So. Oh, I remember that. Um, Anthony, you brought the question up. What would you come on to? Um, I think I probably thought what would work for me is Live Wire by Motley Crue. Yeah, Ooh. nice. I was going to mention Motley Crue earlier, actually. So we're talking about intros. The intro to Dr. Feelgood, Terror in Tinseltown. Not musical, but again, that kind of... Because it was it, they wrote that album just after um, Nicky Six had had one of his overdoses. Yeah. Because that's the album with Kickstart My Heart yeah. on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's like, you know, we've had like the heyday of the, um, uh, the Sunset Strip. And now what we're realising is some of us are starting to pay the price for it so maybe this it's not as glamorous as we felt as we thought back in like the early 80s um so i mean that's that's another good one um, and again I, I like um it's not a metal album but the int introduction to uh music for the jilted generation by prodigy just with the typewriter the typewriter yeah yeah, yeah I'm, the, I'm the gonna take call. my work yeah. back underground to yeah. stop it falling into the wrong hands yeah Great, great concept. Thirty seconds, boom, sets the tone. You know. Yeah, but then music for Jill Generation is that was a, that was a massive impact on well, it was a massive impact on me, and it was a massive impact on music because they did they probably were doing something completely different. You know, metal fans loved it, dance fans loved it's a it. Dark album. It, it's dark as fuck. It really is, and you know, a great artwork, everything about it. It's, it's one of my all-time favorites. I mean the fact that like if you watch the videos, every video on that album they do something horrendous to Keith Flint. Like <laughs> yeah. in the in the Voodoo People video, he's put inside a suitcase, thrown off a cliff. The, the no good brilliant. stuff, the dance one. They literally put him inside a chamber and gas him. Yeah. Um, I think the Poison one, they just beat the crap out of him. Yeah, in 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 mud. There's a really weird moment in that video for Poison where an extra Keith Flint face appears. Uh. It's. It's it's really odd, but you know, rest in peace, Keith Flint. I mean, the guy was an absolute legend, and I think the, the prodigy don't get the respect they deserve. But what was the 
how long was it that they had because they had Matt Cameron from Soundgarden on drums at one point, didn't they? He um he did drums on Fat of the Land and he did a few live shows as well. Um And then they had Gizbart on guitar. Gizbart was on guitar, yeah. I mean all sorts of people have have played with the project. But yeah, Matt Cameron, that was that was quite Jim a cool Davis, thing. Who? Jim Davis on Pitch Shifter as well. Oh, pitch yeah, shifter. Yeah. Jesus. He, he wrote the Firestarter riff, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. The, the Firestarter riff. Isn't the Firestarter riff based on um, Selling Jesus, that's it? No, it was yeah. one, no, one of the other songs on Fat of the Land, wasn't it? There was, there was that. Yeah, Serial Filler. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. That's a sample, yes. Because uh, also Voodoo People samples rape me, doesn't it? Yes. No, Very Ape. Very Ape. Not Is it? Yeah, yeah, Very Ape. Yeah, yeah. Right, but yeah, but they they were they were very good at the whole sample thing and and getting that. I think Firestar that sampled something, doesn't it? Wasn't it a, by the Breeders or something like that? About one of those bands that had a a very similar riff, and that's what it was based on. I can't remember. I, I, I digress, but yeah. But if you talk about if you talk about intros, Prodigy were very good at that. But mm. then there's there's outros as well. I mean, I remember um, when they uh, when they first came to the UK, Killswitch Engage. I think it was in Brighton we saw them when they after they walked off stage they played the theme tune to Test Cricket. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, from, from the BBC. Yeah. That's that's bizarre. That is bizarre. That's that's proper out there. So, you know, it's um See that 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 would something like that would be good as an intro to a metal album. So like take like the 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 theme tune to like Last of the Summer Wife. <laughs> <laughs> Play it on the guitar. <laughs> yeah, or like for example like take a movie theme tune make it more metal slap that on as the intro there's a there's a video on uh on youtube of a guy that t he, he's he's kind of like metalized um theme tunes from from films and there's a really good rendition of uh enter the dragon mm. um that's a good one and he's also got like a metal theme tune of uh a team which is fantastic see um, that that lends itself to metal anyway yeah the guitar riff yeah that, that worked yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah you could even call a band the 18 for fuck's sake it would work that well my, my favorite is if you watch if you go on youtube and just type in like 18 uh spanish intro it's obviously you know, the intros in spanish but then it's 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 not called the A team in Spain. It's called El Grupo A. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> oh, I think we're um we're we're going off topic a little bit here. But um, if we're gonna pick out, out of the the ones that we've we've talked about, if we're gonna pick the the absolute best album opener, which one is it gonna be? Not necessarily our favourites, but the one that. Going back to what Padre said, had the most impact, the one that sort of set the tone for an album or set the tone for a career, you know, the one that you look back on and, and remember more than any others. Which one song is it going to be over all the others? I mean, if you get if you're going to take that approach, it's got to be Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. Yeah, we've actually stupidly overlooked that one. Yeah, it's, it's none of our favourites, but I think that that's the start. As, fact, as metal fan, it, as metal fans, we should really hang our heads in shame. At, overlooking that song yeah but this is because this is the atmosphere you've created <laughs> oh we can't mention that in my video yet. this is what i mean this is what i said weeks ago only tyrants b 
veto language because you fear what it represents and that is an assault on the power structure that you try to create on this podcast in the words well, of a bath himself i am the tyrant yeah i mean black sabbath definitely um what else mm-hmm. which album is smoke on the water from yeah yeah that's i think is it speaking opening on that one yeah as you say smoke on the war is not the opening song is it but no but i think i I think you're probably right black sabbath is probably the shame on all of you i mean i'm I'm, uh among the living oh the other another good one um practice what you preach by testament i almost had that in my top five to be honest because it's it's my favourite Testament album. It's my favourite Testament song, and it's just a great riff. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 would have been it. But I, I certainly wouldn't put that as as like the all time. I mean, when you when you, if I mean, I I think it might pain certain people to hear it, but if you talk about impact, um, Enter Sandman. Yeah, you're right. You're um, right. this the single. Uh, and uh, t- again, technically not um, not not metal, but smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah. Uh, what was the what's the first what's the first track on um, Dookie? Couldn't tell you. Many many um, years. See, that's another one. If you listen to I'm Smash, Offspring, Smash by Offspring, and it's got that guy kind of narrating all the way through. But yeah, bad, there's there's a narration bad. at the start, isn't there? Then there's an interval yeah. in the middle, and then there's an outro at the end. See, I like the outro on that album. Well, it's, I, it's the... I love that album, so yeah. You know, but that that doesn't that doesn't really yeah. It still doesn't top Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath as no, it doesn't as the ultimate sort of album opener. Um, I can't. I genuinely can't think. Of, I I cannot believe that all of us have left that out, and I can't think of anything else that that could replace it. That would have the same kind it's of. Because we're elitists, we we we, we fear <laughs> cliche. We fear cliche what it represents. <laughs> we're it's too. Just, it's not a favourite by any of us, is it? Like I say, we we tell favourites, but mm. like I say, I, I think Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Um, has has that not the same impact, but certainly a culturally a, a big impact because because of the nature of that album. Well, look at it. Look at it this way. Then I mean, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath started it all. But you know, metal has come in waves. I know Padre doesn't like waves, but it's come in waves or eras <laughs> or whichever way you want to want to call it. You know, Black Sabbath started it all. So you had the then the next wave then, which would be essentially the eighties. So what would have kicked off the eighties? Oh, what about what about Van Halen one? What was that? Was that Running with the Devil? Running with the Devil was the first track, wasn't it? Uh, the, the, the base the bass line that started Megadeth. Well, yeah, but I mean, Maiden's first album, Prowler opens that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then going into Welcome to the Jungle. Enter Sandman in the nineties. Yeah, I suppose it, it kind of all sort of falls into place. Then done it. You, you can't. You're not wrong about Enter Sandman. No matter how bored of it we get, mm. it is a great intro. Yeah. What about what about the Eyes of March by Maiden? <coughs> On Killers. 
Yeah. Yeah. They used to walk out to that as well, I think. When they when they were, you know, in those early days when Downer was still in the band, they used to walk out to Isa March. I mean, if you're going to talk about, like, if you're going to like try and broaden up a little bit, um... it's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. Again, maybe not not huge fans at your end, but head like a hole. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I say, that is the first industrial track that sort of, you know, took that sound to a bigger level and made it accessible. Accessible. I mean, that's that's a bit. Stigmata from Ministry, and that's that is a belter. But it's uh, didn't quite have the same impact. I don't know whether it ever called Nine Inch Nails accessible. Oh, look, a lot of it is, but I, th- I think it's more. Yeah, you compare them to Ministry sound. Um, they are. I suppose, yeah, and, and I, I suppose I go back to the nineties and hearing. Um, I want to fuck you like an animal on the Radio One charts on a Sunday afternoon. What about the? Um... Uh, the Leper Affinity by Opeth. Oh, that's a curveball. But the thing is, though, you know, songs like that are great and everything, but do they have the same impact? They just don't. And I don't think anybody these days can really can sort of hold a hold a candle to any of the any of these bands that we've been talking about. For me, in in the last twenty years, only Mastodon have come close to that. So, so if you look, if there's a, there's a list on Kerrang. For example, like Curveballs, number 16, At the Gates, Blinded by Fear. Yeah, that's good, because that kind of, it sort of buzzes in, doesn't it? And then it, it, the, the riff hits. I um, think 1982, I... Venom, Black Metal. Oh, fuck, yeah. fuck Venom. But I was going to say, I mean, that's that's their second album. I'm literally looking at looking at them now. The first the first album, the first track, Sons of Satan, it's, you know, Welcome to Hell was the second track, so it's not... I think yeah. going back to At The Gates, I think that would have had more of an impact if you were there at the time when that album came out, which none of us yeah. were. So if you'd been hearing that for the first time, having never heard anything like that. And next week, for anybody who's still listening to this, um, we're going to talk about Sweden, so At The Gates will be covered. But See, this is the disappointing thing, because I think you know there are, there are various times throughout metal history where I feel that I should have been there because I think I could have made a contribution. Really? You know, I, I could have offered my guidance <laughs> and guided people along the path of righteousness. Mm. You know, people need Padre in their lives. This is why you should listen. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, come and chew the cud of wisdom with me, <laughs> you know? As long as it's pre-1991, then we'll be fine. Yeah. That, that, that's got that, that, you can't you can't come up with, with statements like that. That's like saying, oh, you know, Plato's The Republic was written two thousand three hundred years ago. Oh, no, it's, it's irrelevant. You know, I'm I'm a virtuous man. People need to buy into my virtue. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Uh, we, we'll come to a decision that Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath is is the old album intro. But at, at, at the same time, Welcome to the Jungle is the, the the best since, so that makes me right. And what we really need the rest to discuss wrong. The, the burning issue, you know, the burning issue which we've been ducking ever since this episode started is the Wolfman is with us. I feel like he's been given, we gave him every opportunity to plug his wares at the beginning of the podcast now, but now he's got to pay the price. Okay. It's penance to Padre. 
So right. let's talk about metal songs about wolves. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's look at them then. So obviously the, the number one, the, the most obvious one, Of Wolf and Man by Metallica. Great tune. Uh, She-Wolf by Megadeth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, the Wolf is Loose, Mastodon. Bark at the Moon. Yeah, uh, Bark at the Moon. That's yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? Night of the Wolf by Uriah Heep. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, where the wolf, where the wild wolves have gone. Power Wolf. The actual band is called Power Wolf. I don't know who know that one. Growler. Uh, well, I made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, wolf Moon. Typo Negative. Wolf. Iced Earth. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's, let's not talk about Iced Earth on this. Oh, one, oh one with the wolf by um, Rainbow, and Father of the Wolf by Amon Amath. And I don't know if there are any more wolfish videos or wolfish songs, but hmm. that's just what I found on the internet. Okay. Out, of those, out of those songs, Wolfman, if we if we were to play one now, which of those songs would make you turn into some kind of half man, half wolf, werewolf, <laughs> creature? I mean. I mean, if you were to play Grand Caravan rather grudge, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I would go for. I've I've heard it. I've heard of the Grudge. I hear they're um they're a sort of a West London beat combo with a bit of a southern tinge. Yeah, that's the ones. Yeah, that's what I, it's like, a little tingle. I, yeah. I, 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 a hypothetical, if mm. I if I can. Let's say you're single. You're not married. You're not a married man. You're playing in the band The Grudge. Yeah. And you know you um obviously with your kind of wolfish masculinity on stage mm. you attract uh, you know ladies backstage but then lady it's like it's like the, the scene from teen wolf where the woman goes into the closet with michael j fox and she comes yeah. out she's just got claw marks down her back <laughs> 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 and then like you know the police are like finding like bodies of like groupies just mauled by some kind of like crazed Last wolf, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, the must have been playing." <laughs> you, really? you know, does, I, does, does the wife keep the wolf tendencies in check? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to be, I mean, when I used to put, when I played years ago, I the the, the the drummer in the band and the singer in the bands that I used to play with that they used to get all the attention. I used to get nerdy nerdy blokes just kind of going, "Oh, I really like that little sweet pop edgy you played in that song. How'd you do that?" And I mean, it was nice. It was, don't get me wrong, very nice comments and stuff. But yeah, but I, yeah, I was, I, it was, I was like the train spotter of the band in terms of sort of sexual prowess. I think is the best way to describe it. <laughs> I've never had that problem. <laughs> okay, okay. It's, it's always the quiet ones though. You've got to look out for. It's true. Yes, it is. But yeah, no, I'm. Unfortunately, yeah, that that was I I, I I I'm not a very rock and roll. I, I, I like playing guitar, but I'm uh, I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> That's all. The other, you know, the other band in the in the backstage area just doing like you know vicarious things and the Wolfman yeah. is there. So going, are my crumpets ready yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I can Reading read a reader's digest, sipping on tea. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Okay. So. Let's let's wrap it up um, because we've we've talked for way too long. Certainly you, Padre. So Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, totally Route One is is the best album opener. But 
Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle comes a close second, so that just makes me right and the rest of you wrong, like I said earlier. Um, so we'll leave it there. Uh, one last plug. It's the sheer elitism, isn't shut, it? Shut, shut. Uh, one last plug for The Grudge, uh, the dev in Camden on Friday, May the 13th. Um, go along. It's a free gig, like Kieran said, so get along and support British Metal and do what you're supposed to. It's not always about, you know... The big dogs and that let's support what what matters and, you know if you if you're listening email Trigenza, say look i'm a metal fan i'd like to come on your podcast i have sins that i need to confess to padre it's a service offer it's free of charge i will give you absolution because like i i can i can absolve sins because i have sinned myself okay but now i'm on the path of righteousness come to padre i'll give you the little wafers it's all good it's Ravina, it's not red wine. Okay. Just just come on the show. Tell us about, you know, your life and your woes and your metal and you know, let me excoriate you, I think is the best way. And I, you know, Trigenza will try and keep me in check. I'll try. Um yeah, if anybody does want to come on and have an opinion and um and shut him up, then you are absolutely more than welcome. So just drop me an email, um, in the abyss UK at gmail dot com or find me on social media. Um and let's yeah let's shut him up together but if you're still listening thank you for listening i'd be surprised if you are um we'll be back next week next week we're talking about sweden in particular because what sweden has given us over the years certainly in the 90s is is massive so we're gonna have a deep dive into that and maybe actually do a little bit of research so it sounds like we know what we're talking about um thanks wolfman for joining us my pleasure and uh we'll see you again I think in a couple of weeks you'll be back. Is Take it a full moon tonight? Uh, I can't look. I can't actually see from the window. It might be. No, it's not. <laughs> and it was low. <laughs> Catch you later. See you next week. <laughs>